Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. All right. Welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Thursday, December 28th, 2023. It is the fourth day of the 12 days of Christmas. And my true love gave to me four calling birds three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. The 12 Days of Christmas is about a lot more than a silly song, as you likely know. To keep it simple, it's about celebrating the nativity of Jesus and the events that took place in the 12 days between his birth and his baptism, January 6th, known as the Epiphany. Some call it Three Kings Day, celebrated with the King Cake, which has a lot of history all in itself. In Italy and maybe some other places, they used to call it or maybe still call January 6th Little Christmas. And I just realized that as I'm saying it, January 6th, I'm not linking any of it together in any way whatsoever. Let's be clear about that. But it just reminded me, January the 6th, 1-6 has now become a big day in the United States for a completely different reason. And coming up in a little bit, we'll actually hear from Donald Trump's attorney with the latest on that situation. But today is also National Call a Friend Day. And do not underestimate the power and importance that that could have for you or your friend. Call a Friend Day is strategically placed between Christmas and New Year's in an effort to keep friends connected. And on the food calendar, it's National Chocolate Candy Day. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, then you know there's very little candy or chocolate that I would turn down. Today celebrates any candy, any kind of candy that's made with chocolate. And here we go again. No Powerball tickets matched all of the numbers last night. So Saturday night's jackpot, now an estimated $760 million. If no one wins on Saturday, we'll be looking uh, likely at another billion dollar or near billion dollar jackpot. And topping the headlines on this Thursday, North Korea says it's preparing for war with us. North Korea state media reported this morning that Pyongyang's military and defense sectors will further accelerate war preparations in the face of unprecedented anti-North Korea confrontation maneuvers by the United States and its vassal forces. That is a quote. This comes after several months of rising tensions between the North with the United States and some NATO allies, and especially for our support and other support given to South Korea. That very serious threat probably won't get that much coverage today or the coverage it deserves along with some other things because most of the media is too busy talking about Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley, Trump's former UN ambassador, not saying anything about slavery in a response to a civil war question. This at a New Hampshire town hall last night. I'm going to play the whole audio clip so you know exactly what everyone's talking about. And Nikki Haley does seem a bit surprised by the question or not prepared for it. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? 
Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? All right, right there, right? Long pause and then deflect. Well, what do you think it was? I'm sorry? I'm not running for president. I, 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 I wanted to see uh, your view on the cause of the Civil War. I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And we, I will always stand by the fact that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Thank you. And in, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um, uh, you've answered my question. Thank you. Next question. I don't know if they're clapping for Nikki Haley or they're clapping for the gentleman that asked the question. It's fair to say that maybe she wasn't really prepared for the question or didn't really give a good answer for the question, but all of the hubbub is about she didn't, you know, say anything about slavery. I mean, she didn't say really anything about anything in that answer. You'll hear a lot of this is not the first time she hasn't talked about slavery. Or so you decide. And Michigan's Supreme Court rejected an attempt yesterday to keep Donald Trump off that state's primary ballot. More from Wednesday's edition of National Report. Thanks so much for tuning in to National Report. I'm Emma Reckenberg. And I'm Sean Kreisman. Uh, that breaking news, we continue to follow. That challenge was based on the U.S. Constitution's so-called insurrectionist ban. The judge here in Michigan saying state law does not give election officials any leeway to police the eligibility of presidential primary candidates. Also said the case raised a political question that should not be decided in the courts. But that's different from Colorado. Uh, the Michigan courts rejected the case, they say, wholly on procedural grounds and never reaching the questions of whether January 6th was an insurrection and whether it was Donald J. Trump who engaged in it. We'll go now to Washington for our senior White House correspondent, John Gizzi. He's got more on this story. Again, Michigan rejecting this move to pull Trump from the ballot in that state. John. Hi, Sean and Emma. Um, very simply, this was not a surprise at all. The ruling, uh, the vote on which was not announced, was declared by Justice Elizabeth Welch. She was actually upholding a ruling by the lower court, the Michigan Court of Claims, which, as you said, Sean, uh, is very clear that state law does not give officials any leeway on the eligibility of presidential candidates. In fact, the case is completely irrelevant to Trump's placement on the ballot. So it's an entirely different case from that in Colorado, which is based on January 6th. I might add, this never went to trial and was dismissed early in the procedure. And now they'll be looking at other states that are pending. You know, John, you mentioned the potential other states. Uh, 
let's focus in our nation's capital, where the U.S. Supreme Court could have a really right. major role when it comes to the Colorado case. Any indication where the justices might rule in this one? Well, of course, no one really knows what the justices will rule on this. But we must say that with the sole exception of Colorado, challenges to Donald Trump's eligibility for the ballot have been swatted in various states, Michigan being just the latest. So given all that has happened, it would seem very likely the Supreme Court would rule in his favor. That's senior White House correspondent John Gizzi, who also has a daily column on Newsmax.com. Check it out. For more on the issue and the Supreme Court, we go to Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax with Bianca De La Garza. But we know this is going to be a continuing issue. So far, Michigan, Minnesota, New Hampshire, and Arizona have ruled to keep Trump on their state's ballot. But Colorado is the only state to kick Trump off the ballot. Now, this decision also in Oregon is still pending. So it's likely going to end up at the Supreme Court, Professor Dershowitz. Does Michigan help with uh, the case to kind of offset what Colorado did? Yes, it almost guarantees that the Supreme Court has to review it. When you have two states each interpreting the same provision of the Constitution very differently, involving an upcoming presidential election, it's a virtual guarantee that the Supreme Court will have to decide the case. And I think they will take the case, and I think, but I can't be absolutely sure, that they'll do the right thing and say the 14th Amendment doesn't provide procedures for how one disqualifies somebody based on allegations of insurrection. It is not a self-defining or self-enforcing provision the Constitution says that Congress and only Congress has the right to enforce it, not the Colorado court, not the Michigan court. And I think the Supreme Court will say that. Constitutional law expert and professor Alan Dershowitz and Trump attorney Alina Haba spoke with Sebastian Gorka, who was filling in for the vacationing Greg Kelly last night. Uh, you mentioned Jack Smith. <laughs> Let's look at this insane man's latest attempt to use the law illegally as a tool of persecution. The Supreme Court has stayed that action for several months. Now he has put in a motion to ban several topics from coming out of the mouth of your client, President Trump. So on a case about January the 6th, President Trump is not allowed to discuss what departments of the U.S. government did to prepare for January the 6th, whether there were undercover agents in the crowd, whether there was any foreign influence concerning the riots. And he's not allowed to cross-examine witnesses who have, quote-unquote, government privileges. Alina, <clears throat> it sounds to me as if Jack Smith is running scared. Yeah, this is called a due process violation. They do it in the form of a gag order. He should be scared. He doesn't want basically any defense being brought by the defense. It's what happened with the last trial I tried. It's what will happen with the next one I try. These judges will gag you. They will try and use his popularity and his voice as a way to work against us and the American people so that people cannot hear the truth. That, that whole list is the defense. That's saying you cannot put your own defense on. Yeah. That's like saying you can't have an expert on the Letitia James case or gagging his lawyers, which has happened to me. You can't. I was gagged in the courtroom 
Imagine, Sebastian, in the courtroom, I could not put on a defense on the record for the appellate division. I couldn't say things that needed to be said. That is what our country has come to. And Jack Smith is running scared because he has no case. We've seen what's happened. He tried to rush to the Supreme Court. They said, no, you're going to go through this the normal way. You are not going to rush this because there is no urgency. The only urgency that Jack Smith has and all of them have is election interference and trying to stop him before November 2024, which clearly they cannot do. If you look at the polls, the American people, the independents are switching yeah. because they see what is happening and they're afraid. Yeah. And in the meantime, the chairman Comer today, breaking news, has released a letter asking the question whether the president, the incumbent, uh, coordinated with his son concerning the upcoming impeachment inquiry. Sebastian Gorka and former President Donald Trump's attorney, Alina Haba. I may have mentioned this once before, but every time I watch Sebastian or hear Sebastian, I think about a few years ago, I had Sebastian Gorka on my then radio show. I introduced him and I asked him a question. I don't remember what the topic was, something political, obviously. And, you know, I, I introduced him, I asked him a question. He spoke for like three, four minutes, maybe, which was almost the whole segment. I responded to his question and then had to thank him for being on the show because the segment was over. A little while later, he called back and he said it was a great interview. Can I get a copy of the interview? It just always makes me laugh because the whole interview was just basically him. <laughs> And he mentioned that letter from James Comer. Let's go to Rob Schmidt tonight. Kentucky Congressman James Comer joins us now, sir. It's good to have you back on. Uh, we're talking obstruction here. It seems pretty obvious when you listen to what Corrine Jean-Pierre said right the day of when Hunter had his big moment outside of the Senate. Uh, what exactly are you asking for from the White House? Well, we want to ask for all communication between the White House and Abby Lowell and the other lawyers that uh, the president's son is employing. Uh, we believe that this was a coordinated effort. We believe that uh, the White House has been colluding with Hunter Biden's legal team from day one uh, to obstruct, uh, to intimidate, and now to uh, avert a lawful congressional subpoena. So uh, these are all very serious offenses. Uh, the collusion with uh, disobeying a congressional subpoena, that's actually an impeachable offense. Uh, so we've got a lot of problems with the White House uh, and the fact that Jean-Pierre admitted that the president knew what the son was going to do. That, that's pretty good evidence for me that the president was in on it. So, I mean, now, I mean, if you're talking about impeachable offenses, we now have, you know, bribery seems very obvious at this point. Right. You also have obstruction as well. Um, where are we at in this process? And is there any movement on contempt charges for Hunter Biden? Yeah, we've got the uh, paperwork going for that. Uh, obviously, it's a, a, a pretty uh, long process to hold someone in contempt of Congress. But fortunately, we're working during this uh, Christmas break. Uh, we should have everything ready to go uh, when we reconvene next week in Washington, and hopefully we can hold him in contempt of Congress. I told my colleagues in the Republican conference, if, if Hunter Biden doesn't uh, comply with our subpoena, then we might as well throw the subpoena power away because nobody's going to comply 
with a congressional subpoena. And the fact that the Democrats used their subpoenas for political reasons, for fishing expeditions, and here we have a credible investigation where we've been transparent with the American people. We have mountains of evidence. Yeah. Bank records don't lie. We have found that the, the president's family has taken in over $20 million from our adversaries around the world, and they cannot say one thing they did to receive the money, the fact that the president's lied about his knowledge and involvement in his family's shady business schemes. I mean, this is the biggest political corruption story in my adult lifetime. Yes. Hopefully, when we go back to Congress, we'll hold the president's son accountable. And remember, the president, in his own words, said that anyone that who defied a congressional subpoena should be held accountable. That's exactly what we hope to do next week. But in the meantime, we're still doing uh, transcribed interviews. We're still scheduling depositions. January is going to be a very busy month in our yeah. investigation. Yeah. And, and the fact that the, the, the hunter is, is defying a subpoena speaks volumes. You know, if they have all this defense, if they if, if, if they say it was all on the up and up, why are you defying a congressional subpoena to the point where you might be held in contempt? Rob Schmidt with Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, now investigating President Biden for conspiracy to obstruct Congress. And also in the headlines is this massive migrant caravan marching towards the U.S. southern border now. Here's Newsmax border correspondent Jason Jones. Jason, set the scene for us. What's going on down there? Well, Todd, it's good to be with you. And here we go again. Another caravan this year, and this one a large one. Estimated numbers right now at 8,000, expected to get up to possibly 15,000. Now, they are in the southern part of Mexico right now, trying to make their way through the southern state of Chiapas into Mexico City. And then from there, they'll take the underground Ubers, what it's known as, as they work with alien smuggling organizations to make their way north to the Mexican border northern border, and then from there also getting on La Bestia, breaking up, being spread out across our border. Here's how it impacts Americans, though. What we've been seeing in Arizona as the Sinaloa cartel has been moving thousands upon thousands of people through Lukeville, also in El Paso, Texas, as Sinaloa and La Lina cartel are moving thousands of people, Eagle Pass. We'll continue to see those streams because as this group that makes their way through Mexico, we're going to continue to feel that here. But here's the other part to this. As you see these caravans, you have to remember one thing here, too. Mexico, Central, and South America, the pipeline, as we call it, they are all backed up. You have thousands upon thousands of people surging to make their way our, uh, up to our border. When I was in Eagle Pass last week, I mean, Todd, we were talking about ten to 12,000 just coming from Monterey into Eagle Pass to make their way into the country. So, look, I want to be very clear here. There is no end in sight. We are seeing right now record-setting numbers. The month of November, 308,000 encounters in October – 309,000 encounters. And why is that important? Because these are the winter months. This is usually when the numbers are at their lowest, but instead they're at the highest. And what does that trend tell you? That tells you what's coming throughout the end of the year. So look, as we go into this new year in 2024, get ready. The numbers are showing clearly what to expect as we start the new year out. Back to you. That's Newsmax border correspondent Jason Jones reporting from Texas. It is hard to imagine, difficult to imagine that the absolute debacle at the border could get any worse. But it appears that that's what's happening now. And a trio of Democratic mayors from New York City, Chicago, and Denver, there's others too, I believe, but they're calling for the Biden administration to provide more federal support and responding to what they are now calling a national immigration crisis. Meanwhile, President Biden and the First Lady, maybe their boy Hunter too, are now in the U.S. Virgin Islands vacationing for the new year. 
Be sure to keep up with all the news on Newsmax. It's available on most major cable systems, and be sure you get signed up for the new Newsmax Plus. Simply go to NewsmaxPlus.com for your free trial. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all your favorite shows, Greg Kelly Reports, Frontline with Carl Higby, The Balance with Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren, Chris Salcedo, Rob Schmidt, and more. And fantastic analysis from people like Alan Dershowitz, Mike Huckabee, Carrie Lake, and others. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I appreciate that. Continue to share it with your friends and family. And hit me up at Radio underscore Marino. I always want to know where you are, where you're listening, when you're listening. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks. Every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.